We live in a world that is forever changing, from one day to the next. Now add to that an inner world that is forever at odds with itself. How does one accomplish anything when the only thing that is certain is uncertainty? Welcome to the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, the show designed to be an educational safe haven offering real-world solutions for real-world people. My name is Jonathan Sharko. Living with Bipolar 1 in today's world is a double-edged sword, but I'm here to work through it with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Sharko, and I'm very excited to have a guest on today who goes by the name of Vilma. Vilma, why don't you kind of just jump in and maybe introduce yourself and kind of take us through the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Hi, Jonathan. I'm so excited to be here. And you're right. My name is Vilma. And um, I always feel like the need to say this, but I was named after my grandmother. Everybody's always like, you have such an old school name. Um, So that's the reason why I was named after my grandmother. And um, I do consider myself an old soul. So it kind of fits. (laughs) Um, But a little bit about me. I'm um, currently in Reno, I've been kind of back and forth between here in Las Vegas, and I'm a yoga teacher. Um, I'm also in school. I'm getting my master's degree in social work, and I mean, I've kind of done a lot of work around youth and families, so it's kind of my my niche. That's really what I like to work on, and sorry, my dogs are here, so you might hear them in the background. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, I got my cat here, too, so... It- this is a real raw people. We're raw people. We got animals and things like that. So if people enjoy listening to our animals, then I'm sure that they can relate there. So yeah, maybe I'll bring them on camera. <laughs> yeah, sure. Bring them on camera. We'll throw this up on the YouTube and all that stuff. So I'll bring my cat on there too later in the episode if the, the if the moment presents us to it. But yeah, I, honestly, mm-hmm. I couldn't do any the introductions uh, justice as you did. Like you're a yoga teacher. You're doing. You're working on your masters in social work. The communities you work with. It's just really very commendable. So I'm super excited as our guests are already listening or tuned in for a great episode today so awesome yeah i'm super excited to be here like i we kind of chatted earlier like i said i love what you're doing um it's so important i've been a part of a few um mental health groups and i joined dbsa that's how we met Mm -hmm. um and so since then i've joined like facebook groups for um depression and anxiety things like that and it's I think fitness is something that is talked about a lot when people are talking about meds and, you know, just trying to find balance in their life. And so many people recommend exercise and clean eating. So I just love that you're being an advocate for that. Yeah. And as a reflection on my side, I'm very, very proud of what you're doing. And especially I'm not really a yoga per se. I I, I enjoy my exercise in the weight room and things like that. So it's kind of good to to get the, the best of both worlds. People maybe who are tuning in, maybe thinking that, that's really the only form of exercise, but to have mm-hmm. a yoga instructor on you and we'll kind of get into kind of what the yoga specifically you're teaching into today, but um, it's really nice. People can find, I'm all about just finding what you like doing and just doing it, whether it's, you know, swimming, running, yoga, lifting weights, playing recreational sports. I mean, there really is a lot of things out there to do that you find enjoy. And I feel like that really makes a big difference is finding what you're doing and then kind of be able to kind of stick with it for a lifetime. So did you have anything in mind, maybe like an exercise or something to kind of open up for our listeners to join in with us too today? Yeah. And I love, I love that you mentioned that because like yoga is a form of exercise because there's so much, I think being a yoga teacher now, there's a lot of, like, I I meet with a lot of yoga teachers. There's a lot of conflict around like, well, that's not all yoga is. And I understand that, but my teachers always taught me that you can get introduced to yoga through so many different forms. 
Um, so I was actually really big into meditation, which is one limb of yoga. There's actually eight limbs of yoga. Asana or the postures is just one limb. And so when you really think about everything that's incorporated, so it could be breath work, meditation, um, concentration, there's so many aspects of yoga. And so, like I said, I got introduced through meditation and yeah, I wanted to just kind of lead with that. And it's not necessarily meditation. It's going to be a self-regulation uh, for resilience tool. Um, it goes a little bit into what I do as a trauma-informed yoga teacher. So a little different style. People, that's the first question they ask me when I say I'm a yoga teacher is like, what style did you learn? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because I think in the U.S. and the West, we think of yoga and we think like hot yoga you know, which is known as Bikram yoga, or we think like goat yoga. And, you know, <laughs> there's just so many different styles. But um, really, the foundation is not, you know, the foundation of yoga, it should be relatively the same in all forms mm -hmm. of yoga. Um, so today, what I wanted to teach everybody, because I usually meditate before I work, <laughs> Um, is I wanted to self-regulate with you because I didn't get a chance to do it. I kind of told you my day's been crazy and I had a training all day. And so, yeah, so I wanted to show you guys um, a little bit. I just have a couple notes in front of me, but this is self-regulation for resilience. It's specific to trauma recovery yoga. So that's a training that I'm hosting here in Reno. I'm not the trainer, um, but I am the facilitator. So what that means is I'll be hosting here at UNR at our campus and Joyce and Darwin Bozen, the founders of Trauma Recovery Yoga or Tri Yoga, will be teaching their method, and which is really cool. This was actually composed by, um, they use psychologists, a trauma specialist. Joyce is a yoga teacher. And this was created by a ton of professionals, not just her, um, but she worked with a team of trauma professionals to create this method. And so they literally referred to the DSM-5 and looked at yoga postures to see how yoga can benefit the brain and the body. And so that's really what this stems from. It's a lot of science, um, which you know, I think people that are getting into yoga might think like that's really woo-woo, it's really spiritual. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is a nice way to show that there is a science behind yoga. You know, this is not made up. Um, it is spiritual, but it's also, there's a lot going on in the body. So I'll go ahead and get started if you want. Go ahead yeah. and there's usually four rules to self-regulation. The first being orientation. So just orient yourself to the space around you. If you're driving and listening to this podcast, obviously be careful, don't close your eyes. <laughs> so just orienting yourself to the room, maybe gazing down and finding either four colors or four textures in your field of vision. So you can, again, option to gaze down if that feels good for you. Start to notice your feet if you're sitting in a chair or your sit bones or any other points in contact with the earth or your seat. That's the grounding. Next, we'll center. So centering is just focusing inward. So start to engage your pelvic floor and start to press your navel towards your spine. So you'll notice maybe a heat building, maybe even your spine lengthens when you do that. 
Lastly, we'll focus on the breath. So ask yourself, am I breathing in or out right now? Allow your breath to flow naturally. Maybe inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose or the mouth. You can repeat silently, I am inhaling and I am exhaling. And then slowly blink your eyes open and gently come back to the room. <laughs> so that was just a quick demo of what we use in trauma recovery yoga specifically, um, orienting, grounding, centering, and breath. Um, and those are actually techniques that I use myself when I just need to, like, if I'm in a moment of dysregulation, like extreme dysregulation, or even subtle, it's a simple way to kind of just come back to the here and now. Um, especially if you, you know, if you've ever been triggered before, if you suffer from PTSD, anxiety, really anything, um, even depression, if you start to disassociate, it helps to kind of bring you back to here and now. Oh, I love it. That was great. I was a Parts fellow participant in that for as well as our listeners, and I just feel totally calm and at ease. And yeah, this that was beautiful. So, yay! I'm so glad because I know this is like you've been recording all day, and mm -hmm. you know it can be really tough on the body. You know, um, we today in our training we talked a lot about like mimicking um, who we work with, and so if if your clients tend to like clench or maybe tighten their shoulders up by their ears, we tend to do the same thing. We'll mirror that. And that creates a lot of compassion fatigue. So if you're doing maybe what you're doing, interviewing a lot of people, you're yeah. interacting with a lot of people, um, it can be really draining on the body. Yeah, no, that's a great practice. And it's a free practice that you can kind of utilize whenever. I like how you kind of do this before you go into work or really before you start any project, the presentation or anything like that. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, let's, I feel totally common and ease. Let's, let's kind of get into today's episode and some of the questions we have answered. I feel like we have a great connection right now. So let's Let's get into it. I want to hear more about uh, trauma-informed yoga. Um, what are some tips for maybe feeling safe when doing trauma-informed yoga? I know me personally, dealing, I personally have PTSD. I have a lot of things that I haven't really discussed yet on the podcast. I've been unfortunately hospitalized and depressed and some of those things that come with me with my diagnosis and my lived experience as a bipolar one. So for those of us who are maybe say, hey, trauma-informed, that kind of sounds a little heavy. What are some tips to make me maybe make those people feel safe when they're kind of participating maybe for the first couple of times? Yeah, it does. It's a heavy word, I think. And so for me, sometimes I, I don't necessarily say that I teach trauma yoga. So um, I teach private clients, which is one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. I either meet at their home or they come to my home. And in that sense where, you know, they're kind of just like, hey, I, I heard about yoga. I want to try yoga for the first time. Um, I don't always necessarily say, okay, hey, like we're going to dive deep into your trauma. I'm not a counselor. We're not, that's not what we're doing, but I'm noticing as a teacher, um, how they're responding to the yoga, to the practice. So for example, I have a client who, um, he's a veteran and he's pretty young. He's actually younger than I am. And, um, some of the things that I would notice working one-on-one, -on -one, cause when you work one-on-one, -on -one, you kind of want to give them all you have, you have all my attention, you know, I'm giving you all my focus. And, um, some people really love it because you can get a lot of adjustments. So kind of like a personal trainer, you know, they're, they're looking at your form. They're really looking at you and paying attention to you. Um, 
but every time I would get up to make an adjustment, he would really tighten, tighten up his body. Mm -hmm. And so as a trauma informed yoga teacher, I would just pay attention to that. And I'd say, okay, does it feel safe? Um, and I knew going into that, that I can ask those questions. So, um, I always ask a little bit of background info. So knowing just, um, he had a little bit of anxiety. I was able to ask, like, does it feel safe when I put my hands on you? Because in a group trauma yoga informed class, we're not getting up, you know, we're not putting any hands on any of the clients. Um, so going back to your question, just how do you feel safe is really asking yourself, how does it feel in my body? So if you're being called to, maybe you're listening to this episode because you want to try yoga or you're interested, if you're feeling called to try it. I would say just go with what feels good in your body. So if it feels expansive, like maybe you've met a teacher and you feel really safe around that teacher, take their class. You know, maybe they offer online classes, which is a good introduction to just the language, the postures, um, the basics, like the breathing uh, techniques so that you can start to understand it. Uh, and then maybe work your way up into going to a one-on-one -on -one class or a group class, like I said. But um, yeah, if a teacher is trauma-informed, though, they, they'll usually let you know. They'll usually, you know, if it's a group class, they'll lead with that. Or you can search for a specifically trauma-informed teacher so that they're just aware of these triggers, um, things like that, that might cause um, you to become dysregulated. Because again, as teachers, we know that's not necessarily our fault, right? Um, if somebody <laughs> becomes triggered, we might have done something not knowing that that could have triggered them or said something or a certain smell that came up. So uh, it's just important to always communicate and to, to know if you're the student to also communicate your needs. You know, hey, I, I, I'm here to take your class, but I'm going to sit in the back of the room. I don't want you to pay attention to me. I just want to try this out. You know, feel free to speak up and say that um, to, to the yoga teacher if you're in a group class. Yeah, no, I love it. It just seems like it's really like a safe environment. Um, it's consensual. You have to, you know, you're asking for consent before you touch them. You know, it's mm -hmm. also on their part, like, hey, I'm participating in the class. I want you to know, like, this is kind of some parameters, some boundaries that you're kind of setting in the beginning. And it, it kind of promotes for people really maybe just to be zoned in and really connected to the to the actual practice without kind of being disassociated or distracted or disconnected at, at any time. So, yeah, that's great what you're doing with one-on-one -on -one work and then also what you're doing with the group work. Um, how did you kind of find this? Is it kind of something that you had with your own struggles as do you participate in this kind of practice yourself? I do. So, um, like I kind of showed you the self-regulation tools. Mm -hmm. I myself suffer from PTSD and anxiety. So I get panic attacks pretty bad. I get anxiety attacks. Um, luckily they've subsided recently. I've started a new medication, so that's helped a lot. Um, but before I would use, um, techniques like orienting. So, and you might've heard this even, um, working in the field that you do is, you know, noticing five things. So maybe with smell, sight, taste, um, sound, things like that. So you use your mm -hmm. five senses. So orientation is a really good one that I usually remember. It's quick enough that like, if it's happening in my car, I've had panic attacks while like driving and I've had a pullover. That's a really easy way for me to like pick up my water, take a drink, you know, feel the texture of my clothes, um, notice any smells. Like I might step outside and just 
start to smell the air around me. And orientation has been huge for me for that. Um, but also grounding. I actually sleep with a grounding mat every single night. That's helped tremendously. I think that's also um, helped contribute. So not just the medication, but to my anxiety attacks. And it's silly because it's like, or at least sometimes I feel silly because I'm not recommending like everybody go buy a grounding mat. They're $75. (laughs) You can go outside and ground, you know, go take off your shoes and that's grounding, you know, so there's no need for like any particular equipment. It's free. Um, But I also, I work on a computer all day. And so Mm -hmm. being in that radiation of like, you know, the Wi-Fi, all that also kind of disrupts my, you know, kind of disrupts my homeostasis, like right, my equilibrium. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of just like agitated all the time um, or Mm -hmm. hypersensitive, I think. And so um, I like to use that grounding mat even underneath my feet if I'm working. So that's why I bought it because I'm indoors a lot. Um, But again, you don't need to, you know, it could take five, less than five minutes, I think is what it took for us to use those tools today. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I would use during a panic attack. Um, And it would usually bring me out of it. Um, And then breathing. Um, okay. the breath is something, um, so huge, obviously centering to going inward, maybe connecting with what's causing that anguish or panic. Um, and really having, you know, that conversation with yourself, it might feel scary, but then the breath for me, the biggest thing I learned was, um, I actually recommend this book called breath by James Nestor. Okay. And he speaks to when you're having a panic attack, you're actually bringing in a lot of oxygen. You're actually because your breath speeds up. So if you're um, hyperventilating, you're actually breathing in a lot of air. So you're breathing too much. Um, And so usually, and my panic attacks would usually happen, you know, in private, it's, I've been lucky enough that they haven't happened. If they have happened in public, I was able to get somewhere safe, you know, and alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But the times that I've had friends or family nearby, they might not know these tools and, and regulation tools. Um, and so they'll say something like, hey, just breathe, you know. And for me, it was almost triggering because I knew in my brain, I actually need to slow down my breath. So I actually need to. And what's helped me is breath retention. So we didn't go over it today. Um, okay. But one of the techniques that we teach is box breathing. So you inhale for four, you hold for four, exhale for four, and then hold for four. And it kind of, it's that, you know, if you're visual, it's yeah. like that kind of hold uh, that breath retention and holding the breath actually helps you to slow it back down. Obviously, you don't want to hold so long that you're like creating another, you know, anxious reaction. Um, but that was like huge for me. That was like a game changer. I was like, wait, I'm breathing too much. Everyone's telling me to breathe. And mm-hmm. so this is where learning about yourself and your body and your triggers really come in handy with this work, with the tra- trauma-informed, you know, it could be trauma-informed anything, trauma-informed lifting, you know, just knowing yeah. like, hey, you're disassociating right now. Let's put the weight down before you drop it or like, you know, mm-hmm. um, so really trauma-informed is like where my background lies since um, I'm in school. I'm learning a lot of that. Um, but then the yoga part is really the breath work, the movements, the stillness, you know? Yeah. I mean, it seems like a really seamless integration of, you know, combining two things that really make sense and go kind of, kind of go hand in hand. I'm sure there's maybe in the future, in the next 10, 15, 20 years, there'll be trauma-informed weightlifting and trauma-informed 
parkour or trauma informed other other such things but it's really nice to see something that you kind of already do practice and written have found joy in already and you're kind of able to integrate it with your studies and and some things and create some projects of your own and i really like the, the try which you're working with right now it sounds it sounds really like evidence-based there's a lot of science behind it it's not just you know it's not just small um just kind of made up some of those things it's really like and I'm a big proponent of things like that are scientifically sound and some of those things. And yeah. it's funny you mentioned the the grounding mat. I on a previous episode I had a, a guest uh, Brett Scranton. and he's like a longevity coach and a certified personal trainer. He actually um, gifted me a grounding mat to kind of sleep on. He's really oh, big into yeah. grounding. He's been practicing that. He lives in Colorado, so he's lucky enough to have parks and things like that. And doesn't I'm live not- in such a concrete jungle maybe like you and I do here in the city of Reno. But yeah, sleeping on a grounding mat has been really good and just kind of really really helps regulate those electrons and kind of brings you back to homeostasis so especially since we're doing a lot of things with electronics and we don't get the the sunshine and really the connection with our bare feet with the ground or with the Truckee river or some of those things that we do have so right yeah oh that's so cool i love that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's been great it's just been i feel like i've been getting more restful sleep and just kind of mm-hmm. um just kind of noticing a positive difference so far so yeah uh, let's see here game changer yeah, absolutely. A game changer for sure. And it's, it's free. And, you know, if you don't have to necessarily, I think like how you liked it, like you don't necessarily need to spend the 75 or what have you, you can next just go out there, take your shoes off, get mm-hmm. your feet dirty, get in the grass, get in the river and really um, kind of take again of that free resource. Yeah. Leave your phone at home, put it on airplane mode, <laughs> you know, do what you can to disconnect. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see here. How has, how have you seen yoga benefit those who are managing a mental health disorder? I know you maybe touched on uh, one of your clients already, who's a veteran who maybe has some PTSD. Have you seen any other of your clients who are also dealing with a mental health disorder? Maybe just those at some of the groups or some of the things you're facilitating right now? Yeah. So I actually taught at Reno Behavioral Health for a couple months. Um, This was um, through Urban Lotus Project, and that's the nonprofit that I worked for here in Reno. may recently shut down. So it's unfortunate. Um, but when I was teaching at Reno Behavioral Health, um, I worked with a lot of groups. So I worked with the teens and I worked with, um, I think acute, I don't know. It's like, you know, there's some, I don't know. There's like people who are like totally detoxing. There's like, you know, a lot of the youth had, um, you know, not just maybe, we're detoxing, but also maybe we're in recovery for a suicide attempt. And so, yeah. So when you talk about like, you know, working with those who who are managing a mental health disorder, um, absolutely. And the feedback that I would get would be the main reason why I keep showing up. You know, that's like what Mm -hmm. makes my job worthwhile and why I teach the way that I teach. So, um, you know, as soon as I graduated from my teacher training, I came back here and I was like, I want to teach for free. Like I, not that I don't want to get paid. Right. Cause that's, it's not necessarily how it works. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was working for this organization. They were able to pay their teachers through, through grants and fundings and donations. Um, so we are being compensated, but it's free to the students. And one thing that always drove me crazy was how expensive yoga is truthfully. And, you know, it's not that I have anything against money. And I love that. That's such a spiritual practice that is like, you know, it's kind of accessible to all walks of life. You know, you have celebrities doing it, you have um, homeless populations doing it. So really, it should be accessible. And for me, that was the biggest thing was making it accessible to everybody, because there are so many benefits. And so again, you don't have to be 
like same as the grounding. You don't need to have, you know, a hundred dollar membership to a studio to do yoga. Um, so there's a lot of free resources, YouTube videos where you can find yoga, um, you know, a lot of trauma informed yoga practices, um, teachers that do donation based classes like at the park. So again, you're getting your grounding, you're getting your yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, so working with that population has been just like such, I don't even know, like, I can't even put words to it because I would just come home and feel so fulfilled. Um, I remember I had one student and I'm not sure how much I could disclose because, you know, obviously there's confidentiality, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll just say that, you know, she was detoxing off of fentanyl. Um, she had been on it for weeks and I honestly don't know how she was alive. Um, and she, her first day was at, at, um, at the RBH was with me. And so she had this yoga class. It's like day one, you know, <laughs> and it was just like, she, her response was just like, I was really afraid to show up today. And I, I didn't know how it was going to go, but I'm really excited to be here. Like, I'm really glad that I get to be here. Um, and so for her, it was just like, kind of like a moment of like coming back, I think, to her body. And that's really what I hear. And for me, it's not about like, hey, take my class. I'm going to change your life. It is like, wow, you gave me, you know, I give them an hour and they give me an hour. Because if you just show up, I always lead with, you know, if you just sit on your mat and breathe, that is yoga. And mm -hmm. so with trauma recovery yoga, where this was um, at with Urban Lotus Project, so trauma informed yoga, a little different. Because um, again, that method is different, but um, they practice choice. So we want to offer them that space to choose. If it feels good in your body, then do the posture. If it doesn't, then, you know, you can sit this one out. And because people are detoxing and um, or even just emotionally unstable, they have the right to choose to sit there and just stare at me or, you know, stare at the wall or participate. And when they give themselves that hour, cause it's not about me at the end of the day, when they choose that hour to just breathe, or maybe they chose to try a pose or two, or maybe they practice for the full hour. Um, their biggest gift is coming, you know, is, is kind of coming up to me after and saying, wow, like I, I can feel the difference in my body. I feel connected. And, you know, and these are people who have been disassociating for years, even, you know, it's all ages, um, all sorts of, you know, mental illness, things like that. I mean, you name it. And I'm one of them. So, right. Like I'm not mm -hmm. any different. I show up to these spaces and I'm like, I'm not your guru. I'm not your teacher. I go through that too. So like, if you need to lay down, lay down, if you need to get up and go get a, you know, go take a break, take a moment, do that. Right. But it's about choosing for yourself what feels good. Yeah. No, I really feel like it just goes a long way and maybe for, maybe kind of strengthens that connection that you have with your students because you're, you're a participant in this practice as well. And, you know, I think when you lay the foreground for that, and I think it really opens up for more trust and builds more trust. So yeah, yeah. it's a, I know with in the weight room and some of those things, it's like the mind muscle connection. So I'm already kind of Drawing, try, trying to make some connections there. I'm, I'm assuming there's just, you know, just that I, I like the word disassociating. I don't really use that too often, but yeah, there really, it really is what it is. It's like you're disconnecting, you're disassociating, but practicing through your breath work, even if it's just laying down for an hour, um, really just reconnecting and, 
Yeah. I mean, it really, it sounds like it really is just something that fills your cup up at the end of the day. You could be, if money was no object, if we were all here to barter and some of those things, you'd, you kind of would have found your avenue to be bartering and helping other people. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think for yeah. sure. And I knew that's exactly what I wanted. I was like, I want this practice to be free to those I serve. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Cause you know, I, with my private clients, obviously it's a little different. Um, they're getting, you know, they, they want to offer that to me, right. It's just an exchange. And so they're happy to say, Hey, this is what I'll pay you for the hour. And it's, it feels good in that moment too, because like I said, my, my clients who are getting that one-on-one also are showing up with so much trauma, right? Like we all have it. So whether it's like a death of a loved one or an, a recent car accident, I mean, you just see so much um, kind of show up and say, yeah, I want to, I want to know more about yoga. And mm-hmm. it's again, so cool. There's no right way to do it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love what you're doing and making it accessible and removing kind of the barriers. Oftentimes the barrier is like, you know, you, you go check out, come take our free yoga class. And then they're like, we'll talk to you at the end. And it's like three figures, a hundred bucks or more to join mm-hmm. or join our club. And it's like, wow, I can't really afford that right now. Oh, as yeah. most people, you know, and it, that's just a barrier. I love how you're kind of removing that barrier and just making it more accessible and making it more broad for, for people to have, to have access to, especially with your background, with your, you're studying your master's, you've, you've taken these classes. You, it's, it's really, it's really not a waste of money. I feel like it's really, truly an investment. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, investing in yourselves and investing in your family and your social support network and all kind of how it kind of spreads out from there. So people who participate are really, really lucky to have you as an instructor. So yeah. I think we only maybe have one or two questions left here before we wrap up today's episode for those of us just listening in. Um, I guess, we, yeah, we can kind of tie these two in together. Maybe like what is the most important thing listeners to this today's episode should maybe keep in mind when beginning a practice of trauma-informed yoga? I think I'll bring it back to choice again. Like mm-hmm. choice is everything. Even if you paid that person, um, you don't have to go back. You know, um, even if you paid for a class, you don't have to go back. You don't owe anybody anything. And they might say they're trauma informed and still trigger you. And because we're human, you know what I mean? Like I have doctors that have said things to me that I'm like, whoa, that's completely inappropriate. You know, like um, they bring up you know, certain whatever, you know, medication or birth control. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know my, you know, you don't know my religious background. You don't know my spiritual background. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same with your teachers. Um, you don't owe us anything. You don't owe your teacher anything. And so just be honest with yourself. If there's discomfort there, um, you know, if you can speak to them safely about it, then I would do that. But if if you can't in that moment and you're feeling discomfort, um, you don't need to explain anything to anybody. You know, I think take your time. And if that conversation ever in the future came up, like, hey, you know, I, I enjoyed your class, but I was just triggered that day, then that's okay too. You know, and I hope that there's grace both ways that teachers don't take it personally, but students also give themselves grace um, to take their time and find the right teacher. I think it's like therapy, right? Like you don't just <laughs> keep going back when that person is just not helpful. You find a new one and, and, um, because you deserve it, not because, you know, like, Oh, I need, you know, I don't think there's like this urgency about it. like, I have to find a yoga teacher. I have to go to therapy. It's that you deserve it. So, um, if you keep trying, it's because you know you're you're worthy and deserving of that modality, whether it's therapy or yoga or, or a personal trainer. Yes, absolutely. You deserve it. And uh, 
I feel like we kind of really had a chance to really touch on a lot of things today. We opened up with a great grounding exercise. We kind of got into the the meat and potatoes of what you're doing. And I hope we pique some interest out there for those of us who are just joining in. Uh, Vilma, maybe where can we kind of find you? What are some projects that you're working on? What, what are some things that maybe people who are listening who just really resonated with what you're doing and your message, maybe both here locally, Reno, and both online and the, and the online community? Where can they find you and how can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, so my business page, um, let's see, because I think you can Google me. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll include this in the show notes as well. So yeah, we can make a okay, clickable yeah, link for that. Everyone so. spells my name like Velma or like Zelma, Thelma. I've heard like <laughs> so many variations of my name. So it's Vilma. <laughs> mm -hmm. My last name is so hard to pronounce. Um, I'm from Nicaragua. <laughs> so it's I could relate to you kind of speaking to... Um, you know, just making it affordable. Cause like I, my family comes from a third world country and I'm a full-time student. So again, just last tidbit on like getting a free class. I don't pay for a studio right now. I'm a student. I'm not working full-time. Um, mm -hmm. so I take free classes any chance I get. So, you know, just make sure to, um, follow those teachers, reach out, see where you could get free classes. Um, right now I'm not offering any donation-based classes at the moment in Reno. Um, I just started my internship with NAMI or the National Institution of Mental Illness through my master's degree. So they're located and there's a few. So you might, you guys might have heard of NAMI, right? It's like a huge organization. Mm -hmm. Um, they have the national site, but they also in each state or, um, I think even towns like cities or, um, counties have their own. So we have a Northern Nevada NAMI. Uh, which is Reno. You could look into them and see what they offer. Um, but I work for um, NAMI of Western Nevada. And so my project through them is offering free yoga at the park. Um, now that it's starting to warm up, it'll be Thursdays at 10 o'clock in Carson City at Mills Park. Um, my Instagram is <laughs> so one of one collective, but I hate how this turned out because that that handle already existed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I realize it's really hard to search, but basically it's one of one collective, but there's a period in between each word. So. Yeah, that makes sense. One dot of dot one collective. Yeah. I hate nice. saying that out loud. It's such a mouthful. So like I, it's funny cause I was like, how am I going to say that? It's such a mouthful, but um, that's where I'll be posting more about the NAMI, the free class that I'll be offering. Um, It'll also be virtual on Thursdays starting in July. Um, so again, it's not right here right now, but in like two weeks, um, I'll be posting more about it. And if you want to check it out, you can jump on the virtual class. Um, everything will be like in my link in my bio. Um, my one-on-one my -on -one offerings are in my bio as well, as well as the try training, which I'm facilitating in about three weeks. It's July 14th through the 16th. It's a 20 hour training. Um, mm -hmm. And what I love about it is that's how I got started. You don't have to be a yoga teacher to take this training. You get certified in the TRI method. So the trauma recovery yoga method, and you can teach it to any like populations. Basically, I'll be facilitating that. Hopefully I'll be the, con you know, I'm, I'm kind of the contact now. That's kind of what it's turning into here mm -hmm. in Reno to facilitate working with organizations like Reno Behavioral Health, like Eddie House, um, Jan Evans, like what you name it, schools. I'm trying to get in everywhere and offer free yoga. And again, our teachers are compensated. So if that's something that you're interested in, you don't need to be a yoga teacher 
Again, I started while I was in school. I was actually working at a school and did the training and I was able to teach at my school. So, um, so you don't have to get paid for it either. If you want to learn the method and just teach it to your community, cool. Um, if you want to know more, that's how you could reach me. If you end up finding my personal Instagram, <laughs> feel free to add me and DM me and I'll, you know, share or point you in the direction of my business Instagram. Cause that's still a pretty new page. So I think people are still getting a little mix up with that, but it's okay. I'm like so bad at social media. <laughs> so that's okay. If you have any advice, Jonathan, let me know. <laughs> I'm getting, we're all, it's, we're, it's all a practice and everything. We're getting better at it together. <laughs> so I will definitely point people. We'll kind of funnel them down to your one-on-one -on -one collective Instagram page and kind of go from there because honestly, that's really a great page. And um, if you're really interested in seeing Vilma and her journey start off now and really get on the ground floor of what she's building, I really encourage you to check out her Instagram page. A lot of great posts, a lot of great information and just an inspiring journey that's in the making right now. So Vilma, thank you so much for your time today and coming on today's episode. Um, that'll conclude today's episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. And yeah, please check out the show notes to follow Vilma and uh, yeah, connect with her. Really encourage y'all to do that. So thanks again, Vilma. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Lifting with Bipolar. Stay connected with me directly through jonathancharco.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at Jonathan Charco. As always, thank you for pushing your mindset and heart towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please leave a review of the podcast as well as subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other.